coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, is the jingle and bell to my rock. (laughs) The ho and ho to my ho. I'll be your ho any day. Snort. Hello. Silent John. Hello. And Frank couldn't be here tonight. So we just finished smoking a lot of weed. Yeah. And eating our Christmas mukbang. A charcuterie mukbang. Very classy. The greatest of fast foods to deliver. We got the Taco Bell and the McDonald's and the Popeyes. All in one little platter. It's amazing. Check out the Insta for a photo. So we're all stoned up and we're all fulled up. And we're in the spirit. And tonight we're going to be watching Die Hard. Your favorite Christmas movie has finally arrived. It's finally here. (laughs) But before we get into Die Hard, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of movie news and do our little like Christmassy fun shit. So first, uh, the Doctor Strange trailer dropped earlier today, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've seen it before somewhere <laughs> in its entirety. I wonder where. I wonder where that could have been. It was in another universe. <laughs> Multiverse. Multiverse. So Spider-Man No Way Home kind of crapping out and dropping their post credit scene as a trailer that's going to drop like less than a week later. Like trailers, trailers are supposed to be like the thing that goes before the movie, not the thing after the movie. The, the tag on the end of a movie is always either world building or just some lighthearted like fun. Send the crowd, crowd home happy. Yeah. Yeah, you don't send them home with the trailer that they should have either put on before the movie or released a couple days after the movie. Not waste an end credit scene on that. Which is such a cop-out on Marvel's part. They did it to themselves. They, they've they built this hype about these post-credit scenes and after-credit scenes to where it's just so cheap when you have this crazy huge movie and you know people are expecting all these crazy big things and there's so much potential and Doctor Strange trailers, what you throw out there. Like, it's just kind of baffling to me. Especially, like you said, they released it less than a week after this movie came out. If you would have waited at least over a month, maybe I'm not as mad. But what was the point? I agree. As do I, because it's just it's such a waste of the the time that they could have used so much better for something that's much better than a fucking trailer there's so much potential like right now there's talk about andrew garfield coming back and doing another spider-man why not snap andrew garfield back to right before gwen dies and have him save her and then set up you know the possibility of emma coming back for a spider-man 3 movie with them and eddie brock i will say though but i mean they tried something different you know they gave it a shot is this, is our opinions like the consensus of the internet as well? I haven't really seen much about thoughts about it. I haven't seen a lot of talk um, about that decision on their part, so I'm not too sure. Um, I think I've seen a couple things about people sharing our opinion on it, but other than that, not really. 
Yeah, I've seen a couple like YouTube breakdowns of it, like, oh, the post credit scene, blah, 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 blah. But I haven't seen anybody like vehemently getting upset about the waste of the post credit scene mm. that it was. I just want to know if we're justified with feeling this way since we haven't really seen anything about it. I don't know. I can feel gypped. I don't care if everybody else yeah. does. I still feel gypped. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Do you out there feel personally attacked like we do? Let us know. Call Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and Spider-Man. <laughs> Attorneys at law. <laughs> we'll fight for you. <laughs> we did the thing. Okay, and that's pretty much all I had for like movie news and shit. I just wanted to yeah. bitch about the trailer. Like That was where I was at. Yeah. I don't think there's any other I want an excuse to, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So in the spirit of Christmas, uh, our, our friend Snort here has prepared some Christmas fun time questions because that's what we do for the holidays. Yeah. Fun holiday topics. Just some conversation. <laughs> well, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Well, my first kind of topic is just kind of an open discussion about Christmas music. What is your guys' thoughts? What do you like? What do you don't like? Do you like any of it? think okay so i do like some like good crooning music like generally frank sinatra michael buble like i'm always into that kind of stuff like that's you know mm-hmm. very suit and tie the classical christmas exactly like yeah. the mariah carey all i want for christmas is you i can do without okay mm. i agree with that not i mean i'm not mad at it but i don't get the hype for it at all yeah i'm the same i mean i I weirdly enjoy it, but it's not something I need to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something like I'll actively like, let me throw that in a (laughs) Christmas playlist. But I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to search it out like, ooh, I'm going to listen to this. Like, I do like me some like, you know, punk rock covers of Christmas songs. Like, I like to get into the spirit, but I like to get into the spirit in my own way, through my own tastes. I don't like my taste to be dictated to me. (laughs) It's not a phase. (laughs) It was never a phase, mom. Well, my Christmas playlist is very specific, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but I'm not, because it's what I like, and I don't give a fuck. I do have a lot of Michael Buble Christmas. That's what makes it feel like Christmas, is that Michael Buble music. Then we have Sync Christmas, classic. Then you throw in a little Justin Bieber Christmas, also very good, and then I round it out with... Glee Christmas, <laughs> and I love it. It's a very like curated taste you have there. Yes, but it it sounds cohesive. It works. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, I don't really have any Christmas song thoughts. Like, are you more into the uh, old standards, or uh... or do you just not actively listen to it at all? <laughs> I think for me, I just don't actively listen to it. I listen to it more by association. It, it's on, I don't hate it, and obviously I'll sing along because that's the kind of person I am, but I'm not seeking it out. It's everywhere I go, so whatever's playing, I'm typically into. I can't think of anything that I have like a strong dislike for. I I guess I really like the Feliz Navidad song. <laughs> that's, I think that might be my favorite one. I always kind of perk up when I hear that one. Yeah, Feliz Navidad, a fucking jammer. It's a banger of a Christmas song. 100%. Well, moving right along... What, like, Christmas activity do you guys have to do, like, every year for it to be Christmas? This one is super easy. Uh, Go look at all the the synced-up Christmas lights with all the music playing to it. 
Yeah, like at the different houses yeah, and stuff. I'm a sucker for a good Christmas light show. Yeah. I like going to the like the full setups at like, you know, the, the zoo or the botanical yeah. gardens, like that kind of stuff where you've got the big like animated stuff or like all the thousands of lights yeah. and the full music sync ups, get a little hot cocoa, do a little walking around, sneak in a little bit of wine, <laughs> a little vape pen, you know, have a good old time. Holly jolly time. Yeah, I would say both of those are mine too. I like, and then just watching christmas stuff while wrapping presents that is my jam i love it there's nothing better or nothing better than a nice cheesy netflixy christmas rom-com while you're wrapping a gift yeah all right what is your favorite christmas sweet treat they only come around once a year little debbie christmas trees wow Mm. that's a really good one i didn't even think about that you want to hear a tragedy right now? I have not had one yet this season. What are you talking about? No. We had giant little yeah. Debbie Christmas trees. The big one. The giant <laughs> little, We had so many of those. This creeped me out. We had, we had giant little Debbie Christmas trees, I think, at Halloween. If, or was it that at was, the, no, uh, Kiss, it was Kiss, Bang, Christmas. Bang? That was, it was the, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, Two episodes it? ago. Yeah. Two or three episodes ago. It was recent. It was this month. Yeah. Okay, guys. Forget everything I said. I just don't remember having them again, so I need to have them again. I just, I'm baffled that you don't because of how big they were. They were insanely huge. Guys. The size of your palm. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do, you want? what do you expect from me? <laughs> so what's your favorite Christmas sweet treat, Snort? Oh, man, it's so hard to narrow it down because I love, like, all, like, Christmas, like, peppermint bark and, like, chocolatey stuff, you know? But just off the cookies around Christmas. Man, so good. I look forward to it. See, I think I'm going to just kind of piggyback off you, Dan, and say the the Little Debbies for sure. Because I forgot all about it. Well, about them being a Christmas food. Um, and it, After we had those huge ones, it kind of, I think it solidified it for me. Why aren't there peppermint Little Debbies called Ho-Ho-Ho's? That are just Ho-Ho's with peppermint stuff on the inside. Oh, little Debbie, a- call me. That's a great idea. Thank you. Okay. I'm really excited to hear what your guys' answer for this one is. Is what was the gift, like the gift, when you were a kid, like growing up? Either you got it or you didn't get it. But what was everybody wanting? Um, I think for me, it was, I don't remember what year or what age, but it was when the Game Boy Color came out. And it was about the time that I think it was Pokemon Silver. I think it was around that that era, if you can pinpoint early 2000s. That was the thing I wanted. And never in a million years would I have thought that I would have ended up with it. And lo and behold, Christmas morning, what did I get? Both of them. And I think my mom won them somehow. I don't think she bought them. Wow. And I, th- I think that's why I didn't expect it is because... I knew she probably couldn't have bought it. And I think somehow I overheard a conversation about somehow winning it somewhere, somehow. So it kind of made it, I don't know, made it kind of fun. Wow. That's it was just cool. kind of luck of the draw for me, I guess. Uh, mine, and I, I did get it. It was a uh, Super Nintendo because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Such a good one, though. Um, I remember as a child spending a lot of time walking down to the Walmart down the street from my house to stand in the electronics section and play their Super Nintendo and wanted one for Christmas, yada, yada, yada. 
showed up. Probably the best Christmas of my life. But I'm pretty sure my parents just bought it so that, you know, the chance of child abduction <laughs> goes down substantially when you limit the trips to Walmart by themselves to play Mortal Kombat. What games did you get with your Nintendo? Uh, I got Donkey Kong Country. Nice. And Super Mario World. Did you, like, like you've seen the video, the Nintendo 64 video, right? Yeah, it, I wasn't 64 kid. No, I didn't go that, I didn't go that ape shit. You were very, like, I was you. still very, yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Mother. <laughs> I appreciate your gift. What a well-rounded kid you sound like. I'm very impressed. Good job. I think mine was probably, like, in late elementary school or middle school, somewhere. I don't know when. But was an iPod. When the iPod Nanos were coming out, man, that is what I wanted so bad. And I got it. I got a bright pink one. And I got the little, like, robot dog that you could plug your iPod into. And then it would, like, dance around and light up with your music. And it was the best thing. And you could buy clothes for it. It was a whole vibe. But, yeah, I was very excited about that. I want to go online and find a video of this little iPod robot dog. That sounds I'm, awesome. Yeah, I'm telling you, it it exists. I know exactly what it looks like. I have no idea what it was called, though. Probably no. iDog. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee that's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah, back then it was pretty much i everything. everything. <laughs> okay, so this next one's going to take some thought. But if you had a celebrity BFF, one, who do you want that to be? And two, what would you get them for Christmas? Well, my celebrity BFF would also be my celebrity poker buddy, Mr. Danny DeVito. <laughs> and what are you getting, Mr. DeVito, for Christmas? Oh, there's only one thing you can get a DeVito for Christmas. That's a rum ham. <laughs> a what? Can you explain to me what it is? A rum ham? It's kind of like, uh, you know, like the... The watermelon that you put the vodka in. Yeah. And you soak it and it kind of like absorbs into the watermelon. Then you eat the watermelon and you get drunk. Yeah. It's like that with ham. And Ew. Bro. Oh, my God. I told you you wouldn't be into it. Danny DeVito would have the opposite reaction to you. Wow. He loves a good rum ham. Okay. Good for him. Um, Mine's kind of a curveball for me. And I don't think either one of you will expect it. But I'm going to pick Adam Sandler. Wow. Okay. And I would get him. I don't know. I'd get him a new pair of basketball shoes. He likes to He likes to, to hoop, you know? I just feel like he'd be such a fun guy to hang out with. And if, like, you're in his posse, like, you're in his posse. Like, he's shooting a film in Hawaii. Guess what? Packing your bags, you're going to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he would make me a better basketball player. I always want to shoot some hoops. And who better to shoot hoops with than the Sandman himself? Well, I think my celebrity BFF is still probably Kesha, but I think what I would do for her for Christmas is I would just send a glitter bomb. That would be the best thing for her. She'd love it. Doesn't even need to have anything attached on the inside, just glitter everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Kesha's happy. And it's a surprise, so it's it's a moment. <laughs> if anybody were to like a glitter bomb, I feel like it would be her. This is a horrible thing to say. But I would love to have a glitter bomb sent to me. No. No. <laughs> Noted. No. No. One day. No, 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 no. Noted. No. It's okay. I checked the mail. <laughs> I will hide that glitter bomb. Okay. Well, our last festive holiday special question of the evening is, 
other than the movies that we've watched through this holiday season, is there any other Christmas movies that you absolutely love? I actually discovered one just a couple weeks ago that going forward is going to stay in my Christmas rotation, and it is. I don't. It doesn't feel like something that would be uh, in the normal realm of Christmas movies, but uh, the movie The Night Before with Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Just Gordon Levitt. I can't believe that we have not watched that before because that was right up our alley, and it was so funny. <laughs> And you get a little, little bit of Hanukkah tossed in there. Just just a little bit. Just a little taste. Okay. Uh, for me, it would probably be Nightmare Before Christmas. That's probably my favorite Christmas movie because I'm just a goth kid that grew up, kind of, a little bit. And I'm also a drama kid, so I love musicals and singing. So it's definitely right up my alley. Yeah. It's really hard to narrow it down for me because I watch all of the Christmas movies. I'll just watch as many as I can. Um but I think the Jim Carrey Grinch is high on my watch list always. And um, the Polar Express. But on Christmas Eve, like while I'm doing something, I just have to have it play and I'm good. I don't have to actively watch it, but I just need it playing. The Polar Express terrifies me. The, the uncanny valley of the CGI gets it's into creepy. my brain. It messes with my monkey brain. <laughs> and I can't watch it. But it's Tom Hanks. I know. That's what makes it even worse. I love <laughs> Tom Hanks, but I hate, I can't watch it. Fair enough. It, it bothers me a little bit, but not not on the I can't can't watch it level. It is. I, it's weird, though. I'm telling you, there's something in it that just triggers my brain that, really? like, it sends me into a rage. <laughs> wow. Do you have any other, like, movies that are similar, like, like animated movies that do that? Or is it just the Polar Express? Uh, the Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey CGI also does that. I have not seen yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. But now I'm intrigued. Wow. Huh. What a not-so-fun fact about you. I, like, I feel bad. I have, it's... I have an aversion to two CGI Christmas <laughs> movies. I, it's very unique. It's very, very specialized. It's very seasonal. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Well, that's all I got for our holiday questions. What's up next on the agenda for the night? We've reached the point in our broadcast where we are going to be watching Die Hard. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of the Grinch to Santa Claus, how excited are you to have us all sit down and watch this together? I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty damn Grinchy right now. Um, Die Hard, for me, it was always just a movie. Like, it was a movie that I watched that I enjoyed. Like, you know, it was a fucking diehard movie, you know? An action flick. Yeah. It wasn't the Christmas movie. And then the internet got a hold of it and turned it into this fucking thing. And now it's just kind of spoiled for me. You know, not to mention the fact that I've probably seen Die Hard 10, 15, 20 times at this point already. So to watch something that I've seen that many times is a Christmas, like, oh, I'm going to... Just for the internet, just for a meme, it's just kind of like, bleh. I came for the mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, and I haven't even seen this full movie. I've seen some of it before I fell asleep, but I feel like between the episode of The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and the internet, I feel like I have seen this whole movie. Like I don't, I feel like I know everything that happens. 
So I'm not too excited. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's very it's very unfair to Die Hard because it's a solid movie. But like you said, the the Christmas stigma that has just been kind of plopped onto it just overhypes it. It ruins it for me, just as it does for the two of you. Like, and, and I, I feel wrong feeling this disdain for it, but I'm just kind of over it. Let it let it die off for like 10 years and let's revisit. Don't let the Internet revisit it, but let's watch it in 10 years after it fizzles out. Guarantee we'll love it. Yeah, give me give me some time to give me a tolerance break on Die Hard. <laughs> That's what I need. I don't need it shoved down my face every Christmas. It's becoming eggnog at this point. Like, no, Ugh. no, thank you. I will not be drinking that this year. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight I drink it for Chaz. Shout out Chaz. <laughs> and Leo. You watch so, it. I mean, Die Hard, like, you, you were, you're right. It, it's a solid movie. You know, I mean, you've got Bruce Willis playing great John McClane. Mm-hmm. You've got Alan Rickman, fucking Fantastic. amazing. Like, yeah. you, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, it is a little bit late 80s, early 90s, for lack of a better term. It's a little dated today, but... I don't think it takes anything away from this film, you know? But even like Die Hard, like Die Hard 1, great movie. Mm -hmm. It's not the most superior of the Die Hards. Isn't there like so many Die Hard movies? There's more Die Hards than there are Spider-Men. Well, not not like Spider-Man movies, but Spider-Men themselves. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There's been five or six Die Hards. First, First one was good, second one was mediocre, third one's the best one. Wow, Hands really? fucking down. Samuel mm. Jackson and Bruce Willis. Okay. Fucking bomb. Like, give me that on a hot summer day. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> Good to go. Try to force Die Hard 1 down my throat at Christmas. No thank you. No eggnog for me. Spit it right back out. And then they did like a fourth one and a fifth one. Maybe a sixth one. I don't know. Kind of Didn't trailed off after that. There's one that's like not like recent, recent, but like 2000s, right? Well, like, even the, the last, the fourth, fifth, and sixth were with probably within the last decade. That's wild. Like they took a big break and then Bruce Willis did back and Michael Bay did a little bit. (sighs) Michael Bay. So we're not even watching the best Die Hard movie for Christmas. Just saying. I've only seen the first, so I, I mean, I have nothing really to add to that. But it makes me wish that I wanted to get through this one to get to the third one now. But thanks to Christmas, here we are. We'll see how it goes, I guess. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the, you know, Nakatomi Plaza advent calendars and like, you know, the fucking ornaments of John McClane going through the air duct. Like, I'm just tired of it. It's like, it's like what happened with May the 4th. Like, that was great. That was fun for the first couple of years. But then it was like every year or the, like the, the 5th of November and everyone mm-hmm. posting the V for Vendetta shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, I fucking get it. Like, I've seen it too. It's just these... We don't need to do this every year. They're just kind of fads, and they need to just kind of fizzle out. For whatever reason, they're hanging on by just a little tiny thread. And I feel like it all feels like a very 2000s fad, too. Like, are we past this? As a society, I would hope we are, but no. That's why tonight we're here. And we're going to watch Die Hard. The hype got us. We're doing it. Yeah. This feels like such a dystopian Christmas. Like everybody is just sitting down right now. I don't know. There was mukbang. Like my belly's <laughs> <That's fair>. full. <laughs> I'm going back for a second. My belly's full. I'm here with friends. My heart is happy. Unchristmassy movie or not. 
I still feel the Christmas spirit. Yeah. This is still going to be such a fun present we're all unwrapping together. I'm looking forward to it as much as we're all not looking forward to it. It'll be a fun experience. Yeah. Well, that being said, let's go uh, watch some fucking Die Hard. Ho, ho, ho. Yippee-ki-yay. Motherfuckers. Now, our feature presentation. I found the movie. We all bought the snacks, and we're back. And we just watched Gremlins. <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers. That's right. No die hard for us. We're boycotting. <laughs> we took a hard turn, and we went with Gremlins instead. Better option, for sure. What a way more enjoyable film experience we had tonight, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So during the course of our Christmas journey, I discovered that Snort and Silent John had never seen Gremlins. So I proposed a change. And I'm very happy that I got to watch it with them for their first time. Yeah, it was so much fun. Which after tonight, what a travesty that it took this long for us to see (laughs) such a wonderful movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a Steven Spielberg holiday classic. Uh, Chris Columbus written, mm-hmm. writer and director of Home Alone, and it's got that Christmas spirit. He's got that certain Christmas style, and man, is he good at it. And let me say, it's got a banging soundtrack. <laughs> the The soundtrack feels like, it's not Danny Elfman, but it's very Danny Elfman-ish. Yeah. It's very whimsical, mm-hmm. as Snort described Danny Elfman in an earlier podcast. Yeah. And it's got that kind of Christmassy, jingle bell-ish vibe. Yeah going throughout it you've got christmas lights everywhere you've got gremlins eating a santa (laughs) you got a big standoff in a department store consumerism at its finest that's christmas in america gizmo was a christmas gift yeah yeah doesn't get much more christmas movie than that yeah i mean we start with him essentially christmas shopping in chinatown (laughs) in very 1980s chinatown yeah yeah and stealing kind of stealing this little mogwai thing which is understandable it's cute as hell yes he he's he's adorable he's a little fella <laughs> i loved him so cute so he takes he takes this little mogwai thing home and gives it to his son and i love i love the uh, the jobs that they both got so like it's very 1980s one of them is an inventor of <laughs> wacky inventions <laughs> the dad and the son is a banker but he wants to be a cartoonist for the newspapers very 1980s. <laughs> um, so the son, Billy, is working at a bank, and we get a little Christmas scene with this Karen that walks up holding a giant snowman head. And this Karen just kind of wants to murder his dog the entire movie. She is the absolute fucking worst. Ugh. She is in my top three movie villains of all time now. Like, you're going to threaten to kill this kid's dog? It fucking at his workplace in front of everybody after you cut the line? Like, fuck you. You were, like, worse than Thanos. Like, Thanos at least was justified at times. This bitch just thinks she owns the place. She's gonna fucking... What, what she says, she's gonna burn his dog, hang his dog, whatever the fuck she was saying. And what, what was it for? Like, pissing on her plants yeah. or something like that? Like, something dogs do? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? 
It was just like she was a Karen on steroids. Like, legitimately. She's the worst Karen I've ever seen. I think in the 80s they were called Pams. <laughs> <laughs> so the dad gives Billy this uh, magua, and there's some rules to owning this little thing. And it's don't feed him after midnight. Don't get him wet. Don't expose him to sunlight. And within a couple of hours, man, this guy is <laughs> just over <laughs> two. Checking him off the list. Tick fucking tick. The easiest rules you could follow. Yeah. And he just completely bungles it. You know, like, why would you have the cup of water <laughs> sitting there? And two. And two, why would you have the cup of fucking water sitting there? Okay, so the rules of the Mogwai, I mean, okay, let's let's look into these for a second. Okay, okay so midnight, what, are we talking about time zones? What if you're traveling with, the, with this Mogwai over state lines, and you give it something to eat at, you know, 11.30 p.m. on this side of the timeline, on this side of the time zone, and then you cross over into uh, from central into mountain or whatnots, and all of a sudden it's 12.30 a.m., this thing's still munching down on some Taco Bell. I think you're just fucked. <laughs> it's a guessing game at that point. I wouldn't risk it. It's not eating. Like, if someone tells you don't feed it after midnight, that really means stop it at 11 just to be safe. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, the rules are a little like, uh, it, these things are running around in snow. And I'm, I'm pretty sure snow's kind of made of water. I was wondering that yeah. during the movie. So you made a comment about it while we were watching it. It's a very good point. So so these loose rules are applied, and Billy fucks them all up. And the, all these little things pop out of the, the, the Mogwai. The Mogwai that's uh, voiced by Mr. Howie Mandel. Yeah, I saw him pop up in the credits. and uh, What? He does the voice of Gizmo. Howie Mandel? <laughs> yeah, the guy from Deal or No Deal. Yeah. <gasps> what? He, he used to be a stand-up comedian and voice actor. See, I knew he was a stand-up comedian, but voice acting, no clue. Wow. And fucking gizmo of all He's the things. He's just like making like little squeaky noises. Mm -hmm. So it's so a little Howie Mandel pops out a couple other little Howie Mandels out of his back. <laughs> when the cup of water that shouldn't have been there gets spilled on him or whatnots. And no, nobody's like, okay, first off, this little creature, like, nobody's ever seen something that looks like this. Mm -hmm. It's not in any book. Yeah, like, I understand that it's the early 80s, and it's not like you can jump on Wikipedia and find out what the fuck this thing is. But still, it's like, okay, this thing's a little weird. And then it's literally defying the laws of nature by <laughs> being able to self-replicate itself, not just self-replicate itself, but into something else just by getting water poured on it. <laughs> And how do these things not own the entire planet? I mean, it rains all the time. Did, was did one of these things never caught in a rainstorm and, like, just continuously expanded into this Akira mass of gizmo monsters covering time zones and slowly transforming into gremlins as time passes? Maybe, like, in, in this movie's timeline, there's just, like, a great gremlin war in the past where they just got all wiped out. Except for Gizmo. He's the, the token child who's the good one. So, so he's like the gremlin Terminator, maybe, yes, that came yeah. back in time to stop the gremlin uprising with Billy. Billy's the, uh, the, the, the John Connor of the situation. <laughs> and this gradually. is where it all started. <laughs> Gizmo, get to the chopper. Get to the little pink Ferrari. <laughs> 
So while this is all going on, uh, 1980s Pam Karen uh, actually does try to murder his dog by hanging it with Christmas lights. Merry fucking Christmas. Just the worst. God. Just the worst. Don't she gets her. She worst. gets her comeuppance. And then the little like the six little egg popper back things uh, end up eating after midnight mm-hmm. and turning into little like balls of blub. And then popping out as these adorable little green scamps. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so during all of this, Billy's taking the, the mogwai and the, the gremlin egg, essentially, to the, the scientist. The, the closest thing to a scientist they have in such, you know, small town 1980s USA, which is the science teacher at the high school. <laughs> and at some point, he eventually, like, you know, a couple of days pass where he should have decided to call someone at a museum or at, you know, some science factory somewhere. <laughs> He finally does, and he's going to ship the gremlin egg away, and it hatches, and the little gremlin guy pops out. And here's where you get your first little Spielberg E.T. Easter egg, oh. because he's trying to lure the gremlin out with a Snickers bar from under the desk, much like E.T. Oh, was lured cool. out with Reesey Feces, but instead, because it's a fun little Spielberg horror movie, <laughs> huh. it bites his little hand. That's fun. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and it is pretty much like a Steven Spielberg version of a horror movie. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not heavy. It's not dark, but it's a, it's a little bit like fun and campy. But it's also like still innocent Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it felt like a a family watchable kind of horror movie. Almost, but, and that's the thing is it leaned more into those darker moments more than I thought it would. But it still was like not bad to watch. It was. Very Steven Spielberg. It worked. Yeah, and this movie was actually one of the reasons, um, along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that the PG-13 rating about, because this was rated PG. And so was Temple of Doom with the with the heart, yeah. the heart-ripping scene and everything, you know what I mean? So these two movies were the ones that, like, the MPAA was like, okay, we need to establish a rating that's not quite R, yeah. but not for eight-year-olds to just walk into <laughs> if they want to. That makes sense. I can see that. So thank you for that, Steven Spielberg, for PG-13 rating. <laughs> so there's a whole little fight in the hospital, and that's where it's kind of like horror movie, or in the high school, and that's where it's kind of like horror movie E. you know what I mean? It's kind of scary. And then Billy ends up throwing the leader, Mr. Stripe, into the pool, which that's not a good idea. Probably the worst idea. Because then you're just going to get more gremlins. So many. <laughs> so many gremlins. It was almost like a little hot tub. Just brewing up. Just a bubbling. That turns into like a little popcorn maker at the end. Pop, 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 pop. And just a little, little, little gremlins pop on out. So all this gremlin army goes and they kind of like fuck up the whole town for a little bit. And, you know, eat Santas and bite through wires and stuff. Drive a snow plow through a house. Just, just general gremlin scampy fuckery, you know, scampy little murderous bastards. And for having no, like, really explanation or backstory, they are smart as hell. Like, smart and so clever. Yeah. I really like uh, the gremlins in this movie, like, all the, the practical, because they're all just puppets, yeah. essentially, you know yeah. what I mean? There's no CG, there's no, it's yeah. all puppetry, and it's all really well done. It looked awesome, yeah. Yeah. And that's not something you get from a modern movie today. That would just be a CG yada yada, you know? A CG clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. So then we get these murderous little scamps going uh, to the bar and having a little gremlin party. <laughs> Just a little rendezvous. Which is where you really get to see the personalities of these gremlins uh, coming out. Um, I did notice a couple of extended scenes where it was just the gremlins pretty much uh, grunting at each other. <laughs> I think maybe 
Maybe drunkenly a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, play, playing poker a little bit, you know, shooting each other with guns, the, you know, the things gremlins do. <laughs> the uh, very mysterious one in the corner with, like, the fedora <laughs> and glasses. Oh, one, and the other one with the puppet that's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get, we get a lot of cartooniness out of these gremlins. There was one gremlin that was... Uh, smoking three cigarettes at once. Oh, yeah, he was rocking it. Yeah, they're having a great time. Yeah, those gremlins know how to fucking party. <laughs> okay, and this is where we're going to take a quick break, because um, at this point, I want to show you something. Okay. Because, see, there's a there's a second movie after this called Gremlins 2, The New Vatch. Yes. And take that little bar scene of the gremlins and jump the shark about seven times. And extend it to the majority of the whole movie. And we're going to watch the trailer for it right now because I just want to see what your reactions to Gremlins <laughs> to the new batch are. Okay, Let's cool. Let's do it, yeah, I'm in. So we just watched the Gremlins 2 trailer. And I think we've got a watch later, add to watch list on our hands at some point. Yeah, we need to watch that one now. I don't see how we don't watch this movie. Yeah, because like I said, it's pretty much just that bar scene, but all these uh, the 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 cartoony nature of the gremlins is expanded throughout the entire movie. They're like trapped in an office building in the 1980s, and Hulk Hogan's there at some point. Grandpa, the grandpa from the Munsters, walking around dressed as a vampire. You know, the usual 80s that's, stuff. That's all we need. Checks all the 80s boxes. I'm in. So after the bar, uh, Billy rescues Phoebe Cates from bartending for way too long for these fucking gremlins. I don't know why, like, after the first one walked in, she wasn't like, okay. Like, first gremlin walks in, you're like, all right, what the fuck's going on here? Second, third. How, how long are you going to continue to serve these gremlins as they continue getting in the door before you're like, you know what, guys, uh, let me go check the back and just kind of scoot on out of there. Yeah, it's actually last call, sorry. <laughs> she was dedicated to her job. So Billy saves her from the bar, um, and they go off, and we get the most brutal uh, why Phoebe Cates hates Christmas backstory out of nowhere for no reason. Such a dark turn it took. Yeah, it was intense. I feel like her whole character was very dark because earlier in the movie, she's talking about how like Christmas time is the highest suicide rates, and talking about how it like cuts deeper. Like, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a fucked up town. Yeah. you know, you got people trying to kill dogs. And so during all this gremlin rampage, we do get a nice little, like, crazy cat lady, <laughs> Pam, Karen, getting tossed out of her uh, window on a, on a chair, on a, one of those, uh, what, what are those chairs called? That go up the stairs? A stair chair? A chair stair? Is stupid. there, like, a name for them? I think there is. I'm going to call it a stair chair. Stair chair. Stair chair. So she's on her stair chair, and it kind of, like, whoops, <laughs> throws her out the window. Like a roller coaster. Defenestrates her, for those that listen to the... Uh, last couple of podcasts pulling out the big guns again <laughs> but completely justified she absolutely deserved that i don't care <laughs> scene of the movie to me so after this the gremlins it's starting to get like close to daytime or whatever so after this the gremlins go and hole up in a movie theater and again you get a fun little gremlin scene where they're all together kind of just being goofy cartoon characters and sing along to snow white and the seven dwarfs which I will say was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. That was so funny. <laughs> I did not expect something like that from a horror movie. You know, like it's 
fun and campy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Like it comes to that peak of like, or not, well, not like anywhere close to the peak, but to that edge of horror. And then it's like, no, 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 no it's funny, guys. And then like, oh, 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 no, they're all ripping up the town and murdering Santas. No, 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 no. We're in a movie theater singing hi ho, hi ho. Which, and it, it does that the whole movie and it balances things so well to where it's like, okay, it was rated PG, but. For the most part, I kind of don't disagree with that rating, you know? They they were very, very smooth with their transitions from horror to slapstick, you know? Yeah, so during all this, Billy and Phoebe Cates uh, go and open up the gas in the boiler room, and they're going to blow up the movie theater and kill all the gremlins. Um, but during all this, Stripe is like, I want some fucking popcorn. And he goes out to get popcorn. There's no popcorn left because they all ate it. So he's across the street at Walgreens, and they run out, and the movie theater blows up. Boom, boom, boom. Stripe's the only one left. Of course he is. And Stripe is looking to multiply yet again. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Just a little spritz spritz. Just a little bit of water, a little bit of H2O. So we get to our final like sequence um, at the department store, which uh, back in the 1980s, the department store was this big thing that had a bunch of different areas. <laughs> oh, here we go Like there again. was the sporting goods and there was the clothes and the housewares. I've been to a department store. It was like it was like a really compact mall. We've like, lived these lives. So they're in the department store running around, and there we get our second secret Steven Spielberg E.T. Easter egg when Stripe is hiding amongst the stuffed animals yes. on the okay, shelf. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Much akin to E.T. hiding in the closet yeah. in the E.T. movie. Huh. Fun. I love a good Easter egg. So we get a big uh, face-off with Stripe and Billy, and there's a chainsaw involved, and it's fucking awesome, and Gizmo's riding around in a Ferrari doing fucking jumps. <laughs> just fucking cruising. Howie Mandel just... <laughs> <laughs> eyes going fucking crazy. Like, we're going to sell so many fucking toys. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. We are selling toys, ladies and gentlemen. I, If I had seen this movie then, I would have 100% bought in. I would have all the Gizmos. So we end up in uh, the garden section of said department store, and there's a big old fountain, and we get the big final face-off, and Stripe goes to dive into the fountain, and Gizmo knocks the light out while he's doing it, and the light pours in, and we get this, like, gruesome, like, gruesome, melty candle death scene. That's right back to, like, the, it turned into, like, a a B-rated horror movie there, but it was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted in that moment. Yeah, and it was still all beautiful, practical, yes. like no CG. It's all like yeah. melty wax effects, and it's so gorgeous. And you get the puddle that starts yeah. breathing at the end, and the dog's looking at it, you know. <laughs> so then we get the final epilogue scene, and the Chinese man comes and takes Gizmo back from the family, just appears out of nowhere. You know, oh, you guys didn't follow the fucking rules. So they take Gizmo back, and Gizmo, bye-bye. But he has one more thing to say to Billy. Deal or no deal? (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe this fucking Howie Mandel. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway from this movie. (laughs) And that's pretty much Gremlins. I mean, you got little green fucking things running around. You got Christmas lights. You got Santa's getting eaten. You got uh, Steven Spielberg just randomly throwing shit at actors throughout the entire movie. Man, everybody was getting stuff thrown at him, weren't they? I didn't even realize it. It happened a lot. Man. That's what happens when there's gremlins. And that's Gremlins, a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie. One thing I want to say about Gremlins, I know I ruined it, I'm sorry. (laughs) But I had this thought watching this movie. 
it reminded me of a movie that I actually grew up with watching, being Toy Soldiers. And now that I'm looking at these lights strewn across here, I kind of wonder if that is a Christmas movie. Ooh, Toy Soldiers could be a Christmas movie. I think it you know happens what? around Christmas time. If Die Hard's a Christmas movie, anything can be a fucking Christmas movie. You heard it here. Christmas is in your heart. Yeah, whatever you want it to be Christmas. If it makes you feel Christmas, that's your Christmas movie. Don't let the internet tell you what you should be watching. Damn, that was inspirational. Okay. You should watch Gremlins, though. It's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I would say my final thoughts on Gremlins. I really loved it. I'm excited to watch the second. And probably the most Christmassy movie we watched all season. So it's perfect. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, Batman Returns was way more Christmassy than I thought it would be. And this one trumped that by way more. This is definitely the, the biggest Christmas movie we've watched on this Christmas journey. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. I think we surprisingly saved the best for last. Indeed. 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 All right, uh, hold on. I'm going to read this real quick. Do you love movies but not find yourself with the time to devote... Every day to watching an entire film. Well, I've got a solution for you. A movie clip every day is short little bite-sized, seven, 30-second little movie clips for when you just need to have a little movie snack, not an entire movie meal. A movie clip every day. Follow them on Instagram. And that's going to be Gremlins. Uh, so that's the end of our Christmas season spectacular. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. Merry friggin' Christmas. All right, well, the next thing we got coming up, let's pop the champagne, because it's fucking New Year's. Yeah. 2022. Here we go. Exciting times. And for New Year's, we're going to watch a fun, pretentious Dan film school New Year's Eve movie (laughs) called Four Rooms. Uh, Four Rooms is a kind of anthology film uh, all taking place in the same hotel. And each one of the four rooms is directed by different directors, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, yada, 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 of the time. And it's each its own little little story. But it's a little, it's fun and it's interesting. And you know what? If you don't like it, it's like you wait 25 minutes and there's a whole other movie coming up. So you might like the next one. I'm really excited to watch it. It sounds really interesting. So. Yeah, it seems like a very intriguing concept that, I mean, you said Quentin Tarantino is one of them. That's all I need to hear. All you need is QT. <laughs> Just a little bit of QT in my life. Just a little QT. <laughs> all right, and that's going to be the show. Um, So if you want to see more of what we do and see our mukbangs and our posts and all that fun, fun stuff, you can follow us on the Instagram at TH Cinema Podcast. Uh, we are also on the Spotify TH Cinema Podcast as well there. Mm-hmm. Give us a follow. Give us a press a little bell. Get the notifications. Uh, we do post stuff on our socials. We do answer DMs. Hit us up. Quick little shout out, Chaz. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, Chaz. Merry Christmas, Leo. Merry Christmas, Leo. Hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. All right. Well, if you see three people uh, ordering way too much fast food for a mukbang, <laughs> come over and say hi. That might just be us. Bye. Bye. Hi ho. <laughs>
talk first because you always say everything talk first and then I'm like I got nothing <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> 